Hello and welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be speaking everything Hearts, Hibs, Edinburgh City and matters from Edinburgh teams in the Lowland League. I think there's only one place to start, um, Callum, and that is by sending our best wishes to Hearts manager Craig Levine. I understand you were just telling me there that he is out of hospital um, and he is actually out of Twitter retirement and he sent you know a thank you message to, to all of football and to to those across the city um, from Hibs with all the, the wishes that he has received and hopefully we'll see him in the technical area um, again soon. We'll start the show um, with Hearts, I think, Callum. And last week we we spoke that if they were to get you know a point away to, to Kilmarnock and have seven points from the first three games, that would be you know a really good start. We said it was going to be a tight game. If there was going to be a win, it would probably be a single goal. And, and that was the case. Yeah, um, I'd like to just echo your thoughts there about wishing Craig Levine all the best in his recovery after what I believe was a minor heart attack according to the rumours, but he appears to be on the mend already and I'm sure he'll be back to his best with winding up the majority of Scottish football in no time at all. (laughs) But you're absolutely spot on. Hearts, nine from nine. Kelly, we weren't sure how they were going to cope with losing Lafferty to Rangers and then not having Berra as well, but they absolutely stood up and it's a fantastic three points for them, top of the league and they're three points clear. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Like you say, probably not the best preparation, losing Lafferty, losing Berra the week before. Not a lot of time for certain players to to gel. Callum, I'm I'm looking at uh, the the new player, Dunn, Jimmy Dunn. We spoke about him last week that we weren't really sure how he'd react, Callum, but a really good start for him. Fantastic start. He could have he could have nicked a goal at one point, but to come in clean sheet and for Hearts to win away from home again, what a start for him and what a start for Hearts. Yeah, like we say, difficult place to go on that Asher turf. So to come away with three points is a real sign um, that Hearts are, are are going to be real contenders for a top three, maybe top two finish this season. Calm the game itself. I mean, Alison to on 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 the radio. I think we were about in about an hour gone, an hour in the game. You know, there wasn't a lot of chances. Um, we're just going to cut straight to about this time, this period of the game, Calm, because that's probably when all the action started. About the 60th minute, the commentator sort of turned and said that the game is quite tight. There's little quality, not a lot of creativity, both defences on top. And then maybe five minutes later, the change of point in the game, I would suspect the red card. Is it a red card for you, Callum? It's one of those things. I know Kilmarnock appealed it. And it was rejected. Yep. So, obviously, the big wigs at the SFA think that it was a red card. Whether they're just backing column up before the Old Firm Derby this week, I mm. don't know. But for me, it looked... I don't know. I've, We've looked at it quite a lot, haven't I've, we? I've looked at several occasions. I've seen the photo where... Yeah, the photo makes it look really bad. I agree. But in real time, I didn't think it was that bad. Even in slow-mo, I thought, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's a bad tackle, but I wouldn't have said red card. But I think the reason what, what didn't strike me, Callum, when you think, you know, red card for, for you know, a straight red for a tackle, you're, you're, you're presuming that it's going to be the player running at pace, running him with studs up, maybe a lunge. But it wasn't like that. It was like he was maybe just over... I took it, Callum, that it was a player that was overstretching, he was stretching for the ball, he was off balance, he's stretched and he's maybe just, he's not balanced going into the tackle. I think he makes contact with the ball, Callum, and it's because he's maybe off balance, it makes his right leg, I think it's his, or maybe his left, whatever leg makes contact with Morrison initially, 
a little bit like flimsy, like he's not in control really of it. And it's sort of it, it takes it takes the ball, but then he sort of goes over the top of. He goes over the top of the ball, top and the ball. he does he does not collide with Morris. It's not intentional. It's not no. I don't think he set out to hurt him, and it was a bad challenge. It's definitely a free kick. I would have said yellow card. I agree. I've seen a lot of people say it's a shocker; it should definitely be a red. And I've seen a lot of people say that it was never a red. So it's absolutely split down the middle. I don't even think VAR would have helped with that. But Hearts had to take advantage of that, and they did. That's that's <clears throat> at the end of the day. Hearts could have failed to break Kilmarnock down because yeah. against ten men, you'll often see the team that have gone down to ten men become more compact. They'll sit deeper yep. and they'll invite the pressure onto them. Mm-hmm. So Hearts had to find a way to break down Kilmarnock. And I think as soon as Kilmarnock did go down to 10 men, the moments of quality in the game certainly came from Hearts. Yeah. I think, like we say, I think that the game really was almost not a game of two halves, but a, it was a, a game either side of the red card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Quite an even game, not too much quality, not too many clear cut chances. But then after the 68 minutes onwards, it was, it was sort of one way. And uh, listen, Callum, the goal itself, we've spoke a lot about um, Haring, and it's a really good delivery. It's a great ball in. And it's a, it's, it's a really good finish from the battering ram. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I think um, you'll definitely be called up on the fact that Uchi's just a battering ram, but he gets up really well. And yeah. if you're a Comanic fan watching that and you think, oh, he's headed it from the 18-yard line, no, there's, there's no danger there. But no. he gets enough on it to direct it away from Jamie McDonald into the bottom corner. Fantastic goal, great celebration, straight to the dugout, the togetherness yep. of the heart squad yep. really showing there. Mm-hmm. And on on the second half of the second half, there was only one team that deserved yep. to win that game, totally. and it was certainly certainly hearts. Yeah, I mean the header itself. I mean it's when you think when you think of a headed goal, you're thinking maybe six yards out, maybe maybe sort of maybe between the six yard but six yard line and, and, and the penalty spot, but to, de- to generate the power from from the angle and also on the, on the larger 18-yard line, and, and it's a, you know it's an outswinging ball as well from Haining. It's not an inswinger that he's just flicked it to generate that power across goal to beat McDonald. You know, I think at first when you hear a header from the 18-yard line, you think oh, the keeper's, keeper's made, made a mistake. Keeper's made a state, but it's right in the side netting. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic header, and he goes on to four goals. I think you're saying, Callum. Uh, that's it. That's his fourth for Hearts this season, so he's certainly a little bit more than a battering ram. Yeah. But when we looked at his stats, Cam, and I was saying, you know, last season I wasn't sure he was going to be that goal scorer, but just because of the stats that he was bringing to Hearts, uh, you know, 14 goals last season in 40 games. Yeah, but what you've got to remember is that down south, their nans could score 40 <laughs> goals in this league. So, of course, he's coming up to an easier easier level yeah. from, from Cambridge, true. you know. That's true. But, but listen, a great start for him, and, and it, it, you know, he's won the game from a, a match winner. Absolutely. I mean, there was there was a couple of moments in the first half where one of one of my Hearts supporting friends turned around and said that Hearts could have won the game four or five now. Having watched the the highlights, a lot of the chances that Hearts created in the first half were very. It was right at Jamie McDonald. You yeah, know? The had a shot right, at, right at McDonald. There was yeah. some really strong play from Uchi. The, the only Ga- head yeah, Gary right? Dicker couldn't actually get round them. <laughs> um, tried to go one way, went the other. Still couldn't get round them. Uchi puts a lovely ball into the box. Ollie Lee's header straight at McDonald. McDonald. You should do better, actually. Yeah, but so you're looking at that, and Hearts had more more of the ball, but there was no real pressure on Jamie yep. McDonald there. But then, as soon as Hearts had the man advantage, Jamie McDonald's 
pulled off an absolute wonder save from Stephen McLean mm. later on yeah. in the second half before yeah. uh, Hearts got the goal. Yeah. And Uchi was offside, I think, but McDonald managed to get yeah. up and save his effort as well. And it was just at that moment you saw Hearts turning the screw yeah. and yeah. definitely taking advantage. Other teams, you know, other teams, I look at, at the Uchi minute, you know, 10 minutes to go. Other teams after that moment with the McLean and, and McDonald pulls off that unbelievable save, Maybe teams have a different mentality, Callum. Just think, okay, it's not our day. Yeah. It's not our day. So listen, that, that showed a lot about the mentality. And, and what do they say about really good teams? They know how to win ugly and they know when they to win. Out, they grind out results. They grind out results. They know you know they win games when they haven't played well. I'm not saying Hearts maybe didn't play well, but it was one of those games that it really was just one of those games where each team just cancelling each other out. But listen, Hearts have got over the line and some yeah. really good three points. I think I think every Hearts fan would agree and say that last season they certainly wouldn't have taken three points from that game, even with Kilmarnock going down to 10 men. They would not have won that game and they would have been cursing their luck. But yeah. it should have been better for Hearts. Naismith should score and possibly one of the best moves of the game. Uchi into McLean, one touch. Mm, Naismith set three. And yeah. he hits the post. Yeah, and so it could have been a lot more comfortable. Should have been comfortable. I mean, that was in the dying seconds, yeah. but it should have been a lot more comfortable. Uh, and another mention, the fact is, Hearts, they do always travel well, but 1,800 fans, uh, just over 1,800 fans went through to that. <laughs> and, you know, the more that they stay at the top of the league, the more wins they pick up because they are they do have some very favourable fixtures coming up, which you'd look at, at them and think they should win them. Yeah. They will continue yeah. that, that support. And Well, that links in nicely, Callum, because next up we'll go straight to, to next week, Callum, they face St Mirren. So you're speaking yeah. about favourable favourable games. I think there's probably not, you know, not one more than this. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, St Mirren next, Callum. Do you expect three points? I think I don't expect anything less. I would also expect a couple of goals. I know that St Mirren's manager will certainly be the target of a lot of the heart support. Yeah. But there's no way Hart should lose this game. This should be. An absolute home banker. You know, if you think, if you look at the, yeah, I mean, if you look at the results Hearts have had so far this season, beating Celtic, going away to Kilmarnock, you know, it should but surely be. How strong are Hearts at home? Yeah. How poor are St Mirren? Yeah. 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 I mean, you look and at the results St Mirren. For those that don't know, I'll just cover the, the league results so far. They started off well. They beat Dundee two one, but since then, two 0 defeats to both Rangers and Livingston. So. In terms of the league, you know, three games, one win, two defeats. You've got to be fancying um, a home a home yeah. win for for Hearts. And, and listen, it's probably a, a good opportunity to to maybe start to get some some goals down rather than some goals that you know start notching up the sort of goals for column and a bit of confidence again going forward to maybe go again for maybe 15, 15 points out of fifteen the following weeks. So momentum really really building at Tynecastle. And I think they'll also, the squad will have a real boost knowing that, that Levine, as we're saying, Levine's yeah. now, now out of hospital, I understand. So that event, I think that may actually bring the group stronger again. Absolutely. It builds that almost siege mentality, as it were, because the whole team is now, right, we want to get the result for the gaffer because he's put us together, he's recovering, let's give him, let's repay him. So I know we've been saying this and... If it actually happens and St Mirren pull off a 1-0 result, we'll apologise to Hearts right now because we've tempted fate far too often here. <laughs> but even, I just can't see any way that St Mirren can take anything I from this game. Not the way, not not looking, um, not reflecting on, on things that have happened. 
Hearts, Hearts results so far this season and Hearts form at home since they moved back to Tynecastle. Callum, it hasn't just been games that you know games that Hearts have had in, in in the last week. They've also done a little bit of you know business on the transfer front, and that'll link in nicely. They've uh, they've got Mitchell back from Man United. I have to say. I didn't see a lot of him last season, Cam. I think he actually played maybe 11 games. He, he got injured. He got injured. And he missed a lot of the time and then came back for the last sort of couple of games of the season. Yeah. But when, when I look at when I look at the when I look at it, I seen the reaction from fans. They, they were really wanting it back. It was almost like the whole Hibs scenario with McLaren and you know the Canberra really wanting to get him back. Absolutely. Harsh, harsh fans are, are buzzing with that. And for me, when I look at it, I think it's adding. When I did see him, he's obviously got genuine quality. He wouldn't be a man new if he didn't have quality. He's got quality, and I think it as well, which I like it from Hart's point of view, it's adding competition and depth on that left-hand side. I don't think they're, they're blessed with a lot of depth on that side, Callum. When I look at, especially in the left-back area, it's only really Garuccio. So it, yeah. it is adding real competition and depth on that side. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he will play left-back. I think Garuccio will stay as left-back. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be played further forward mm-hmm. because from what I saw of him last season, he was far better offensively than he was defensively. He mm-hmm. He's very good going forward. He's got very good ball into the box. He's got a really good goal uh, against St. Johnston in the Scottish got, Cup. He almost got a world day against Hibs as well. Yeah, so I think he'll be played further forward. I don't know if the squad number that he was given was a tip of the hat to that because he's going to wear number 11. Not, <laughs> not an uh, orthodox number for a left-back. So... If he's playing further forward, you know that he can play left back, but he will add to that threat that Hearts have. And let's be honest, if he's putting balls into the box, you're betting uh, you're betting on mm. your battering Ramucci knocking <laughs> them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a really good bit of business. You know, straight away it's got you know it's got the Hearts fans buzzing. He's going to come in. He knows the environment he's coming into. You know, you'll know people on the team. At, I think it's an excellent bit of business to get him in because there's no doubt for me. I'm, I'm surely thinking there's other teams down south that would have been, you know, dying to get him in alone for the season. Absolutely, so, absolutely. so listen, really good bit of business. And just before we started playing, Callum, it was confirmed that that young Craig Whiten from Dundee ha- has joined Hearts. You know, a little bit of speculation during the week was that going to happen or not? From my point of view, Callum, it surprised me a little bit. If I'm being honest, I don't know a lot, a lot about the lad. Um, no. he's young. He's only 21. Um. I actually spoke to you know a couple of guys today that are Dundee fans uh, on my course, and one of them was really disappointed that this was going to go through, and they they quoted two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, that's, what, that's what, the rumor. What was the price? They were really not happy, and and I turned up and said, Callum went, yeah, but look at his stats. The stats are the best. That's all I had really to go on, Callum. But they said that Dundee have been playing him more in a wide position. They see him more as someone in the hole off the striker, and the, the two fans both agreed, both said to me. He'll flourish in a good side. Well, they think he will flourish. That's that's the thing, because a player hasn't done well in a poor team doesn't mean he's a bad player. You look at Scott Allen last season at Dundee again. Yeah. So maybe it's just all Neil McCann's fault. But <laughs> Scott Allen, when he came back to Hibs, I was thinking, why have we signed him? He's not even getting the game time at Dundee. He's sitting on the bench half the time. Yeah. All of a sudden, comes into that Hibs team with McGinn and Keok and his different class. So, him moving to Hearts, I think it's a very good signing. I've seen that he's been in the under-21 squad. The only goal that I know that he scored was late on to relegate Dundee United. So, 
if he can score against his local rivals, I'm fairly certain that Hearts <laughs> fans will be very happy with that. You'll never have to buy a drink in Gorgie again. That's it. Okay, so listen, another potentially really good bit of business, a young player will be eager to impress uh, going into you know a massive club like Hearts. So, you know, we wish him well. And again, if he's getting into Scotland, getting into Scotland squads at youth level, then, you know, we'll be the first to... Well, it gives him the option to change it up. As we were saying last week, that's plan A, the big man. Yeah. But there's there's because he's not six foot plus. Yeah. A smaller guy, quicker, and that's the that's what we were saying last week. Yeah, and gives competition in that in in those areas as well. You know, and that will only only benefit Hearts. Okay, Callum, we'll move over to 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 Leith with Hibs, and it was a one-all draw last week with Aberdeen. Callum, you were at the game, so I'll let you sort of take over with this and 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 sort of talk to me. Was it a a game Hibs should have won? Absolutely, hundred percent. Aberdeen are a gang. <laughs> they are. They, for a team that has finished second for the last four years and to be at the level that they're at this season, I don't know how they got two draws with Burnley. I was praising them last week for two great results against a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. But my God, they got the goal and just went to six at the back. Mm-hmm. They, they were more than comfortable just to have that one goal lead. They are so boring to watch. Stevie May must hate playing for them because wow. I don't think he had an, a teammate within 30 yards for him for about 45 minutes. Wow. It just, they are awful. They mm. are a gang. And how. <laughs> don't if, sit on the fence now, Carl. No, but absolutely not. I will, I will cane Aberdeen. I don't understand. Though, come the end of the season, I should be proven right here, but I would expect them to be fifth. Wow. There's not a chance that I think they will finish above Rangers, Celtic, Hibs or Hearts. Wow. Like, absolutely not. Hearts play them in a couple of weeks and, they, well, I think it's actually October, so it's a little bit more than a couple of weeks. And I'd expect Hearts to take points off them. They are just, they were only, the only player really missing from their starting lineup that normally plays was Scott McKenna at centre half. Mm. All right. Hibs were missing. Camberry, McLaren started on the bench. Milligan's not got his work permit through. So Hibs, yeah, Agupong is still not match fit. So there was four or five, Darren McGregor at the back. Yeah. So four or five, Marciano, there we go, right? I don't know how many names <laughs> I need to reel off to say that Hibs weren't at yeah. full strength and they absolutely battered Aberdeen. There's not a chance that should have been one all. And, oh, just Aberdeen. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, before, right, before, right, before you, you, you know, have to phone... I mean, I've, I've had us look at the stats, you know, I, I've seen the highlights you were at the game, Callum. Even as look at the stats, Hibs had double the chances, double the shots, should I say, you know, 15 shots to seven. Um, and, and you texted me after the game saying it really was. Aberdeen got their got their goal, which we'll speak about, and uh, <laughs> didn't move. <laughs> they just sat in. So, Callum, we'll start right back. We'll just quickly run through the game, you know, as, as a brief answer as possible. The first moment I can think of in the game, Callum, should Hibs have had a penalty? Yes. Boyle is shoved over by Considine. It's a penalty kick for me. Yes, maybe I'm wearing blinker glasses at the time, but at the time I turned around and I said, I would say I'm about 60 to 70% sure that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Because And then when I saw it back, Considine steps across and then the just arm. shoves him, shoves the him arm down. Comes across. And if he just stepped across, you're thinking, right, he's just blocking that ball. But he has physically shoved them down to the ground. Agreed. It's a free kick in the middle of the park. Absolutely. It's a penalty in the box. Totally. 
However, should have Arena for a penalty. Aye. Yeah, they should have. I that... mean, when I, when I first seen it, actually, I thought Harlan's got to be too poked to that. Yeah. And then when I've looked back, uh, yeah, I, don't that... think, I don't think he has. For, for me, I think the commentators always say the way that players go down make a referee's mind up. And Two hands go forward, don't they? That's Ferguson. Ferguson goes down in stages. I think that's what go, counts against them there. Because yeah. I saw it in the game, I didn't think it was a penalty. But when I watched it back, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got away with one there. There was other chances for Hibs, um, Callum, before, before Aberdeen took, you know, took the lead. I, I thought Horgan maybe could have done a little bit better. Lewis does make a good save. It's a yeah. good reaction save, but I think maybe Horgan could have done a little bit better. Well, Horgan hit one in the side netting, which I think was a very mistimed... Well, he got the cross all wrong instead of him looking to beat Lewis at his near post. Yeah. It was a really nice play. He was at the centre of everything good for Hibs in the first 30, 35 minutes mm-hmm. of the of the game. And he gets into the box, gets it on his right foot. I think he, he prefers his left, but he gets it up high and Lewis tips around the post. He should be scoring there. Yeah. But it's a very good save from Lewis. Yeah. Bogdan makes a decent save not long after Calm. I don't want to speak about it too much. It's a save you expect. It's a very odd save, though, the way he saved it. Technique-wise, uh, yeah. he actually pams it down the way, which could easily have actually gone, gone in, in behind it, him. gone into I'm... your post. But we'll say, we'll say he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, Boyle had another chance, Callum. He breaks through. I'd probably say, again, showing why he's not a striker. I think if that's a striker on his left, on their weak, it's on his weaker side, yeah. fair enough. But he really should try to go across the goal. Yeah, the, I think he was... Looking to have support, yeah. there was none there because he's too quick for everyone else. <laughs> and he tries to catch Lewis off guard because he's looking in the middle of the box, tries to get in, Lewis touches it around the post. Yeah. But I probably should do better. I should look to try and go across the goal. Uh, Aberdeen, though, did take the lead right on the stroke of half time, Callum. And it's a, we speak about it almost, it just seems to be a, a recurring theme here, Callum. Hibs and defender. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when I, when, I, when I look, you know, when I think about a corner, I'm thinking of a delivery which is whipped in and it's maybe, you know, a great delivery and maybe a good head or someone's got up really well and headed it in, fair enough. But the delivery from the corner is just a big lofty one in the back post. May headers it down. And for me, Bogdan has to save Callum. Oh, it's awful. It's a horrendous goal to lose. I didn't see what had really happened for the guy to just have a tap in. But having watched it back... The, the first header should be dealt with better. Ambrose, yeah. And then Bogdan makes the save on the line and then sort of tees Ho- yeah. uh, Hoban, Hoban, Hoban yeah. up to just tap it home. Yeah. And Aberdeen go in 1-0 at the break and you think, yeah, how how has that happened? Yeah. I think, I don't want to go too much of the game now, but Cam obviously Hibs had further chances in the second half. They were, as you said, they were they pretty much camped in Aberdeen's half for most of the second half. And we deservedly got our, our goal with Hibs deservedly got their goal with sort of five minutes to go through Jay McLaren, so that's good to see him get off. You know, yep, get, he's get his, his account. He's opened his account, so that that's good. And it was a really good goal, Cal. It was a fantastic goal from Whitaker, who we have spoken about having bad games, but yep. he was excellent mm-hmm. on Saturday okay. there. Then he plays, so he overhits a pass to Horgan, who has to rush to get onto it. Horgan plays the ball down to Hanlon because Mackay Steen was out of position. Mm-hmm. Hanlon's got free reign there. Simple ball over the, um, across the face of the goal. And if Jamie McLaren had missed that, then yeah, I probably would <laughs> Send him back to Darmstadt. Exactly, that's it. <laughs> First playing back. But simple tapping for him. Yeah. That's the type of goal that he will score. 
it's funny that you say that Whitaker actually overhit the pass. I'm actually thinking if he doesn't overhit the pass, it I, doesn't. Yeah, I'm not sure we actually get in because no. I think because he overhits it, the right. I, I presume it was the right back. Um, well, the the what one of the eight bodies Aberdeen, that they had in the Aberdeen back line, right yeah. wing 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 back. It, it it actually almost encourages him to try and nick it off uh, Horgan, but Horgan actually beats him to the ball and it allows yeah. it allows him to slip in Hanlon. So, but a really good goal. I mean, for Hanlon to be up there, no idea why he was up there, but that that was the story of the game because Hibs were just able to camp in their half. Yeah. You're able to put your centre half at, at left wing. So, and Hanlon shows real good quality to put that right across the face of goal. And as you said, McLaren there pops himself up at the, at the back post. So, listen, Hibs could easily have have come away with a defeat. Last season they would have. Probably. And, because... And, you know, we could have come away with a defeat. We probably should have won the game, but we come away with a point. We're unbeaten in the league and we can and we can we can move on from that. Absolutely build on it. But last season Hibs got beat one 0 of Aberdeen at Easter Road and Aberdeen had about two shots on target and they, they scored with one of them. Similar type game. Hibs could not break them down. Yeah. And this season it's a different Hibs team, very potent going forward, and they managed to get the goal and a deserved goal. Yeah. Deserved point. So well, hopefully, hopefully Hibs build on that, Callum. We look ahead to next week. They are away to Livingston, Callum. It's surely got to be that. It's surely got to be three points. Yeah, on the worst surface in the SPFL, Livy's ground is worse than Kelly's. Uh, but again, I would expect, like I've said about Hearts, I would expect Hibs to win and Hibs to win comfortably. Looking at the results in Livingston so far, Callum, a loss to Celtic on the opening day. A 0-0 draw against Kilmarnock. But, you know, new manager came in last week, Callum. They got a, a decent win for them against St Mirren. So, it's not going to be easy. I disagree. OK. No, what, you th- what, you, what you go for then? Uh, I'll be honest. I think both Edinburgh clubs will score at least three. Wow. OK. So, Levy will score four and St Mirren will <laughs> score five. Then. Yeah. No, but, you know what? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I think it will be difficult for, for Hibs actually this weekend. Going away, as you said, I mean, you touched on it. It's, to be honest, I'm not an expert on on uh, SPFL groundsmen or, or, or pitches, but um, you're saying it's not the best surface. No. Holt, Holt's come in. He's maybe at his probably first well, proper week in charge now of, of Livingston. How many games you played at Wolf? Is it an Astro at Livingston? Yeah, Livy's an, an Astro, it? and it is worse than Wolf. I thought it was grass. No, it's, it is absolutely worse than Wolf. There's more black bits there than there is in all 10 pitches at the Wolf. I thought it was grass. No, absolutely not. It is awful. Is it? All right, fair enough. So anyway, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be tough. I, I don't think it'll be, it was Calm saying a sort of three goals with Hibs. I think Hibs do get the win. I think it'll be a bit closer, maybe a 1-0 or, or, or you know, maybe 2-0. But um, certainly an opportunity now to, to really start getting three points on the three points in the league and try and go on a bit of a, run, a, a winning run. I know we're unbeaten, but maybe try and go on a bit more of a, a winning run. Correct. Uh, looking at the squad, Callum, not a lot of, of action uh, for Hibs in the in the past week. Um, it's, what, the last day of the transfer window now, is it? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day, so yeah. so Friday. So not a lot of action to update those that don't know. I think Hibs are obviously looking at offload Swanson. I'm not surprised, yeah. to be honest. I feel a bit sorry for him. He's not had a lot of game time. So I think... I'm disappointed it's not worked out for him. I agree, me too. He is a Hibs fan and last season he came in when Scott Allen couldn't play in Celtic and he was absolutely fantastic. I know, I know. He battered Scott Brown for 
70 odd minutes before he went off and Hibs won the game 2-1 yeah and I'm I'm disappointed it's not worked out for him me too but you trust the manager it also looks like a yeah, young Martin will be moving on he's he's not had a lot of game time at Hibs I've seen reports that he was he had a great uh, loan spell um, last season was it yeah I brought something. Thing. apparently had a really good loan spell um, obviously it's a big jump from, from League One up to the SPFL it just hasn't it probably just hasn't worked out. I think the problem for him, Callum, being in the position that he plays, Hibs have, have got better Hibs have got real, real quality in there, and they had last season real quality in there. So, you know, it's always going to be difficult for a for a young player at Hibs to, to break in in that position. Well, Swanson can't get into the centre of midfield. Scott Martin's definitely not. Yeah. So listen, we wish. It looks like he's going to be going to, to Hamilton. We wish him all the best. Probably a good move for him. A team that are you know give young players opportunities, and it's a team in in the top league. So listen, a really good. A good move for him if it goes through and we wish him well. In terms of players incoming, Callum, there's obviously rumours go around. I think you touched on the Scott Allen rumour won't go away, but we just don't know if that's just Hibs fans no, hoping that happens rather than actual genuine... Is it Greg's rumour, is it? No, it's the, it's the league room, uh, sorry, the league Griffiths rumour uh, yeah. for this season yeah. as opposed to a couple of years ago yeah. when you told me every other day that you'd heard from a very reliable source <laughs> that, oh, he's, he's in and this is the... It's yeah. done, it's done. Yeah, so... But, you know, it looks like Lennon is looking to bring in one more player. For me, personally, I hope it's a defender, um, just to give us that added depth, as we spoke about in previous episodes. But, you know, in Neil Lennon, we trust. Correct. And um, if we get someone in, then then fingers crossed it's it's a good one. OK, that's that's enough on, on Hibs and Hearts, Callum, for the, for the time being. We'll move to, to um, Edinburgh's third team, Edinburgh City. And we touched on it was going to be a really difficult game away to Clyde Callum because of the players that they had in their team. Most, you know, most uh, notably David Goodwillie Goodwill Callum. And at about two o'clock last Saturday, a message is saying that Goodwillie was missing. And um, it seemed to be that that allowed Edinburgh City to really kick on and go for three points. When I heard Goodwillie was missing, I actually fully expected them to get the three points. And that's what they've done. 100%. As soon as you text me saying that Goodwillie was missing because his partner had given birth to a child, unexpectedly, but <laughs> he, he's he gone. Huge player for Clyde. I fully expected City to get the three points and it's a, it was a comfortable win for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll go for the game in brief, Callum. It was pretty an, even, an even first half. Um, you know, Clyde probably, probably had actually the best chance of the first half, if I'm honest. Uh, but the majority of chances sort of came from range from Clyde. But if we go back to that that chance, um, it, it was quite sloppy from Ember City. It was a, a sort of looked like I think it was actually a mishit goal kick from 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 Curry. Uh, quite slack play from McIntyre. McStay, if you're looking from a Clyde's point of view, McStay does really well. He sort of dinks it over McIntyre, I think. He then uh-huh. dinks it over Henderson, gets himself in the box, knocks it past. Antel, and it's going in. Yeah, but, but Thompson covers round. Thompson's there and, uh, and clears it off the line. line. That's what you want your captain to be doing. Yeah, and uh, if you know that goes in, probably you know probably undeserved. I think there's not real quality in the first half from either team in terms of in the final third. Second half, though, Calm, entirely different story. Quality yeah. member of City started to, to come to fruition. They, they went up a gear in the second half. Mm-hmm. They certainly did. I mean, they restricted Clyde to shots pretty much from. From range, there was one save that Antle had to make 
but if he, he hadn't made it, he would have been disappointed with himself. It's absolute bread and butter, mm-hmm. really. And the goals that Edinburgh City scored, some fantastic build-up play. Mm-hmm. For that level, the nice one-touch, very intricate, and they found the space, and so simple. They made football look easy. Mm-hmm. If we go, I mean, I think just before Edinburgh City did take the lead, Callum, there was a really nice bit of play. Um, Danny Handling linking up with with uh, Blair Henderson, a nice one too. It was actually a really good save from Curry. Yeah, it really was. He, he tipped it over the bar. That was the warning thing for Clyde, though, because a few minutes later, Edinburgh City did it again. Henderson strong on the ball, ball played into him. He fed, yeah, he fed Shepherd, and Shepherd wasn't making the mistake that Henderson did a minute earlier, and he put it in under the keeper. And that's his third goal in three games. That's probably the difference, yeah. I mean, it was some similar positions that the goals actually came from. It's like the goal that Shepard scored came from with the previous chance of handling. But in this occasion, Shepard actually goes, keeps it low and goes and tries to go across the goal. Whereas handling, you know, actually goes for high. Henderson. Uh, handling in the shot with the one, too. Was it? Oh, I thought it was Henderson. No, anyway, no. Sorry. Uh, or the, pre- the previous shot, anyway, the, the goal tips it over the bar. Whereas Shepard, he actually hits it low, goes across the goal, and it's, it's a really good finish. Very good finish. The second goal, Callum. You know, we, we keep getting impressed by Henderson and a really good goal, the second one. Very well, very well played. He picks it up about 25, 30 yards from goal, mm-hmm. just drives in, big, strong, you're not getting the ball off him and gets into the box, puts it in at the bottom corner. Seven goal, seventh goal in nine games for Edinburgh City. Yeah. What a signing he's been. And as you as you said a couple of weeks, great feet for a big guy. Great feet for a big guy. <laughs> Normally talking about Uche, but he, yeah, Blair Henderson, he's another big guy. Great feet, though, and great finish. Probably not a goal you'd expect him to score, actually. When you look at him, you, you think he's probably more like in the box play, well, but to pick it up from 25 having, yards... Having seen the death back heel that he scored in the first week, maybe we should be expecting that sort of play <laughs> uh, from him because when that goal goes in against Danning, you're not expecting that from him. But for him to drive into the box, strong, powerful run, great finish. There's actually one thing I want to speak about. Before we move on to speaking about next week, Callum, They'll need to be right at it next week, but we'll go on to that uh, very quickly. We speak about Clyde missing good Willie, but Embers we spoke about before the episode uh, tonight, Embers City missing a couple of players as well. Yeah, Mark Laird's Walker and John Dunn as well. Yeah. So Mark Laird and Josh Walker pretty much were the starting centre midfield partnership when Gary Jardin was in charge there in the first season they were in there. And then McDonough came in yeah. as well. So they're two huge players for them. I know that Laird's still feeling his hamstring a little bit. I'm not sure if he trained. He didn't train on Tuesday. I don't know if he's training tonight, but he'll be a miss. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, John Dunn continues his um, recovery from from a from a slight injury. And I'm not to be honest. I'm not sure where, where Walker is at, at the moment. I know he has has had an issue with his knee, so hopefully he gets back soon. But signs are there. Embry City, you know, missing a couple of players are still going away from home and picking up good results at places like Clyde. And if we now go look ahead to this week, Callum, they're going to need their big players to step up, the ones that aren't available, because they've got probably their hardest game of the season. Yeah. Not just so far, away to Peterhead is probably going to be the hardest game of, of any team season this this uh, for, for this season Sorry, in League 2. Absolutely. They have, for years, been formidable at home yep. due to the form of Rory McAllister, who... Yep what was it a few years ago was linked with Hibs and Aberdeen. Yeah, I think but, it, I, you know, I think it's not it's not any secret. He's he's turned down moves for full time football. 
Absolutely, because of the record that he's had, but mm -hmm. he's very happy up at Peterhead and he scores goals for fun. Got his 100th goal last week for them and he's a he's a fantastic player, but it's a tough game for Edinburgh City. It is, it is going to be tough. I mean, I look at the results that they've had, Callum, they're three wins in a row in the league now. They drew their first, their first league game, but they're three wins in a row. They've not actually conceded a goal in any of those games either. So not only have you got to try and keep out McAllister, you do have to, to try and break them down. Break the, you know, break down a solid defence that are keeping clean sheets. So it is going to be difficult for Edinburgh City. If you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. If they can come away with any result, I think a point's a very good result. A point would be a fantastic result. But if, if I'm honest, I think this this probably could be a bit of a, a long journey home for them um, on, on on Saturday evening. But listen, we'll try and remain positive. If they can go away to Clydham in two 0 why can't they do it at Peterhead? Why can't they do it at Peterhead? But it's going to be a different, you know, a different prospect. If McAllister's fit and playing, then it's it's going to be an entirely different prospect to what they had against Clyde. But listen, a good start to the season, and hopefully they can get they can get some sort of positive result up at Peterhead and and really continue this this solid start to the season. Yeah, well, mate, continue. They're sitting third at the moment. They're only a point off Peterhead and Annan, and why not go mm -hmm. up there, have a go, and hopefully. They come back down the road with at least a point, but it would be fantastic for them if they came back down the road with three. No, totally agree. Cal, we'll move on to our Lowland League teams um, for this part of the episode. We'll start with last season's champions, Spartans, Cal. Last Friday evening, we discussed the, 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 the difficult game they had against Cumbernauld Colts. You know, midweek type games or evening games are a bit of a leveller because you've had work and, you know, not as long to prepare. Your, your mindset's a little bit different, not as long to, to think about the game. So that, for me, is a bit of a leveller. I look at Cumbernauld Colts' previous results. They beat Kelty at home. They beat East Stirling at home in the previous game. I actually missed that out when I previewed the game last week. But a very good result for Spartans last, last week. A 2-0 victory. 2-0. And once they got the goals, Spartans were very comfortable. They yeah. got the goals at the right time in the first half. Um, they got the first goal within the first 10 minutes and then on the half hour mark they made it 2-0 and that meant that they could just keep coming all at bay. There was no real threat to Carswell in the goals but they, they managed the game very well as soon as they got the goals and it's a very impressive result for them. I would probably describe it as a very mature performance. Yeah, a very actually, mature yeah performance. No, absolutely spot on. If we, if, we, if we go through the goals, Cam, because we've both seen them back, I was very, you know, a very good goal, the first one. Yeah, Tommy, really. I think uh, Tommy picks the ball up just, in his own just inside his own half, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Dribbles forward, a lovely little through ball, Calm to, yes. to Young Dishington uh, in between the second half and, and the full back. Nice cut back and a good finish from, from Jack Smith. Absolutely. He takes two touches and that's all he needs. One to control, one to finish in at the bottom corner. He was the top goal scorer last season with BSC in mm -hmm. the Lowland League. And yep. if he keeps up form like that, if he can finish like that, there's no reason why he can't be the top goal scorer for Spartans this season. Yeah, I feel like expect him to, to, to be so as well. The second goal, Cam, came after half an hour. Uh, David Greenhill with, with the penalty, Cam. Do you think it was a penalty? I thought it looked a bit of a soft penalty. Handball, I don't think his hands were up in the air. They were sort of by his sides. But the referee gave it, and it's a fantastic penalty from David Greenhill. That is high and handsome. It's very not not a chance any keeper would have saved that. Very good penalty, and it puts Spartans on easy street. Well, you would be surprised, Callum. Would I, would I be? You give me stick for obviously 
me keep trying to name drop here, Callum, but with the quality of that penalty, if I told you that after every training session they practice penalties, would you be surprised? I would not be surprised. Yeah. No. That so, is yeah. Because you already named drop last season champions. So <laughs> I, but he does, I wasn't no, listen, listen, he does and, and you know, he steps up and there's there's no way that he was gonna miss that penalty. And as I said there, you know, practice makes perfect and and, that, and that's what David does. So uh, good penalty and, and a very good win for for Spartans. And they can look forward to this weekend where they travel down to Gretna. Gretna had a couple of strange results over the past week or so, Callum. Last Saturday they lost six one to Vela Leaven, which came from a came from nowhere really. Um but then midweek they play BSC and they draw nil nil. So I know BSC have had a bit of a slow start, but they're still one of the bigger teams. Bigger in names the and they've league. got some real quality in in the BSC side. So you know, keeping a clean sheet, they've obviously worked on something over that maybe that Monday night training session, whatever they've had, and they've gone right, let's Really uh, tighten up shit. Played two goalies, I think. <laughs> Maybe played two goalies, yeah, that'll work. But uh, listen, it's probably a, it's a game I expect Spartans to go down and win. Uh, they went down there last season, won comfortably. I, I expect, if Spartans are on it, I expect the same result. A comfortable Absolutely. win. Yeah, I think they'll win at the weekend as well. Calm, next up, uh, Ember University. We said last week, you know, when they played Gala. Games they should be winning. Games they've got to start winning, and it was a 1 0 defeat. That won't. That won't sit well with 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 the manager Dorian. It's these are the type of games really start getting them a bit of momentum and a bit of confidence. They've got to start winning and a win or defeat to Gala probably not what they were looking for. Midweek though, and this just sums up Ember Ember Uni really a two all draw away at Kelty. You know, yeah, one of the preseason favourites, Kelty Hearts. They've certainly stumbled so far in the own league. They've were expected to. I wouldn't say breeze it, but there was a lot. All talk. talk of them doing very well because of the money they spend, because they uh, strolled the East of Scotland last year to get promotion. And they came from behind twice against Kelty, which very, very well, very well done. But apparently they had about three shots on target and they scored two of them and Kelty battered them. Yeah. So to come away from there with a point after a disappointing result at home to Gala, it's a good result for them. Yeah. It says to me, Callum, probably, I mean, I, I know you haven't seen a lot of Ember Uni, but it says to me, Ember Uni seem a team that they prefer maybe not to have the ball. They may be a team that like to maybe hit on the break. And when it comes to games like Gala, when they're going to have more of the football, that's maybe when they're struggling. Yeah. So they need to maybe try and just try somehow to start maybe getting a little bit better on the ball. And when they do have more of it, start adding a bit more, a bit more quality because at the end of the day, they've drawn with Spartans, they've drawn with Edgesport, they've drawn with Kelty. You know, they need to start turning those type of performances into games against Gala. Games against Gala, teams that are around them, you know. So, you know, probably not the best start for for Embraer Uni, but again, there is probably positives in there that they can take. Absolutely, yeah. But it doesn't get any easier for them, O'Callum. No, I don't expect them to have a good result this weekend. Yeah, they, they face East Cobride this weekend, Callum. East Cobride, you know, I've recruited really well in the summer. They've got you know decent financial backing behind them. They're 100% in the league. I know they've had one of those results taken off them with, with Selkirk Civil Service. I've had the same, but they're 100% in the league. I fully expect that he's going to win this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, they've started very well. But well, I touched on last week. You know, I touched on touched on sorry earlier. Callum was speaking to you off air that that Ember Uni actually did pretty well against East Cobride last season. So it could happen. But this is a different East Cobride side this season, and I do feel expect East Cobride to come in with three points. 
We'll now go to, to civil service, Callum. We both said last week we didn't really know too much about Wigton and, and Bladnick. I think we know everything that we need, everything now. It was civil service nine, Wigton nil in the Football Nation, eh, sorry, the, in the, the South Challenge Cup. Challenge Cup, should I say. And uh, yeah, a, a comfortable win. We've watched the highlights highlights back. It was, every highlight seemed to be a goal. I don't understand how they only won nine nil. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's saying something. I think... They were only 3-0 up at half-time. Mm. They could have been 1-0 up after 30 seconds. It, it, set was, the tone. it set the tone, didn't it? Yeah. They were just by far the better team. And when you're saying that it should have been a lot more than nine, then it sort of explains the performance. Yeah. I think you actually said it. You've obviously watched the highlights back, Callum. You were saying that obviously there was goals from all over the park. <laughs> a hat-trick from a centre-half. Says a lot. Four-headed goals. Four-headers, yep. Two penalties, yeah, and one for me. I know you said that like, the third goal was your pick of the pick of the bunch. I, I really enjoyed seeing the free kick from from Mark McConnell. Uh, a lovely free kick from twenty five yards. Oh, it's a, it's a I mean, that is a stunning free kick. He puts it across the ball, but he goes opposite corner. Yeah, you're not expecting him to do that. No. Fantastic free kick, but to go through the goals because to take notes for every single chance that civil service had, we'd be here till next week. <laughs> but the the first goal was a header from a free kick. Yep. Really well done. Second goal, bit spot pinball in the box. I actually thought it deflected off a defender and went in. Mm. But it was given to a civil player. The third goal, my pick of the bunch, purely for the stunning diag that mm-hmm. one of the civil players plays. And it's a fantastic header. You're showing really well to do a lot of research. The civil player. The civil player. Well, <laughs> the civil striker. <laughs> to be fair, aye. Probably a little bit, but second half, 4-0, was a header back across goal, tap in for the boy Turnbull. He got the fifth goal, another cross in, decent header from there. Sixth, he got to take the penalty. I didn't see what the penalty was given for. I think it was an off-the-ball incident, but he sent the keeper the wrong way. Really good penalty from a centre-half. The seventh, as you've already mentioned, the free kick from Mark McConnell. Wonder goal, brilliant! It's online. Watch it, fantastic strike. Mm-hmm. The eighth was another penalty, and I'll be honest, it looked like the keeper had just had enough by this stage. <laughs> um, breaks through, and he just tries to kick the civil striker. Yeah. But it was some really nice build-up play in the lead-up to the penalty being given. The keeper actually went the right way in the end, but there was too much power on it from Murray. We've got his secondary afternoon. And the ninth was another header, dying seconds. Hopkinson, who scored a really nice goal against Cumbernauld a couple of weeks ago. And and has actually confirmed he's actually now signed. signed. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. So it was... More comfortable. Really. Yeah, more comfortable. Callum, looking forward to this weekend. They will go... Civil will travel down to to Gala and AstroTurf surface, something that obviously Civil don't play on. Um, That'll be probably... Quite a difficult game for 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 civil. Um, you know, I, I know quite a little bit about the Lowland League. I know Gal have have toiled a little bit uh, in the goalkeeping position. Um, goalkeeper Amos has been injured for for a couple of weeks, so he was missing for a couple of games. I, I think in there they've had a couple of issues in defence, a couple of red cards perhaps. So they've had to deal with a little bit. They've now I think got their their squad now that they're for the season. If you know what I mean, Callum. Last week they beat Ember Uni one 0 During the week they beat Whitehall Welfare. That's a good result. Yeah, that's a decent result. You know, a team around them. So they're, they're two wins in a row, Callum. It's going to be quite difficult for Civil going down there. 
if Seville are if Seville are are serious about getting into maybe the top five this season, it is a game they're probably going to have to go down and win though. Absolutely, and the thing that Seville have right now is they have confidence. True. They have got a lot of momentum because they've had good results in the league. They thumped Selkirk, yeah, fair enough, Selkirk um, have disbanded now, but they beat Selkirk 5-0. Yeah. They've beaten Dalbiti 1-0. They've beaten um, Cumbernauld Colts 1-0. So, yeah. And then they've absolutely thumped Wigton 9-0. So they are going into Ember, this game... Ember, you need 3-1 as well. Yeah, so they are going into this game with a lot of momentum. Yeah. Confidence is high. They're playing some really nice football. There's, I would expect them to go down and win that game. Yeah, they don't concede a lot of goals. You know, it, it, you know, Gary Jardin was was renowned for that at Edinburgh City, and he seems to be doing the same um, now at Civil Service. They don't concede a lot of goals, so they've signed they've signed well in, in front areas. They've signed they've got a boy on loan from from Cowdenbeath, Muirhead. They've got Keith Money, who's you've been at Spartans and and Moving Thistle. He's chipped him a couple of goals last week. He's just back from injury, so that's another good striker. They've got Stephen Froud back. I think was their goal, top goal scorer last season. Uh, he got he's back. He got a goal again. Um, he got a goal last week, so he started, you know, hit the ground running. So they've got good players in front areas, um, and they've actually got good players that dotted all over all over the park. So, yeah, probably, uh, you know, a good chance for them if they go down there and get three points, then that's a, you know another fantastic result. Okay, that's uh, the roundup of. Of everything. It isn't the end of the show though, Callum. It's something we spoke about that we're going to introduce going forward. We're going to give out an Edinburgh Football Podcast Player of the Month award. We're at the 30th of August. There's no more games, so it will be August's Player of the Month. Callum, we'll speak about, we'll go through the, the names that we've that we've mentioned. Uh, we'll go in order of, of potential candidates and we'll, we will we will um, speak about them. The first one uh, that they came to mind, obviously, his start to his, to his heart's um, career, a couple of goals on, on the first league game of the season. Callum, uh, good performances against Celtic and assists at the weekend. Peter Hanning, one of the contenders, has to be absolutely. He's had a fantastic start, and I think we'll probably be talking about him an awful lot this season. Yep. He uh, somehow didn't actually get called up to the Austrian team yeah. for, for the internationals coming up. Don't quite know who their coach is, but what games he's watching because he certainly de- deserves to be. Yeah. But he's been very consistent for Hearts. That's the key word I think about Peter Hanning. Yeah, he wasn't brilliant at Dunfermline when he moved back to centre half, but when he's playing cent- central midfield, he's very consistent, very strong, and he's had a great start to his Hearts career. Next contender, Cal, that we spoke about and, and debated. Uh, the batter ran himself, Uche Ikpiatsu, four goals so far for Hearts, I think you say, Callum, yep. <laughs> a match winner, he's had assists, he's, he's added goals, um, probably the most effective batter ram you'll have. Uh, again, he had to be a contender. Absolutely. How, how often have we spoken about him this month? For a guy that I'd seen his name on Soccer Saturday, but yeah, knew absolutely about nothing about it. Absolutely. Yeah. His assist... In the Celtic game, was brilliant the way he was able to drag three Celtic defenders away to give Lafferty the space to yep. volley home. His goal at the weekend was brilliant. And again, he's had a fantastic start, which is why Hearts have had a fantastic start. They've yep. had guys come in and they've hit the ground running. Yep. Next contender, Callum. Not a harsh player. Heads player, Stephen Mallon. I think you told me it was six goals so far. All from outside the box. Another good performance at the weekend, you said, against Aberdeen. So, again, uh, you know, had to be a candidate. 
he had to be a candidate. Yeah, he's definitely filled some of the void left by Dylan McGeoch because he's added goals into that position. Absolutely. You always want a goal-scoring midfielder. And, and good delivery as well. Exactly. He's very, very good from set pieces. And he's definitely started well so far, but I don't. I think he deserves to be mentioned here, but I don't think he was ever my player of the month. Well, we debated, we discussed, but there was only, for us, or for, certainly for, for us to, to agree on, there was only real winner for us. And it comes from an Ember City player. Ember City did struggle to hit regular goals last season until they brought in recruit quite well getting on Shepherd on loan. But for a new signing to come in and hit the ground running, he told me that he was seven goals in nine games. Seven and nine. He's chipped in with a couple of assists as well. He's really adding a adding something different to Ember City this season. Uh, hopefully that continues. But Callum, our August player of the month? Blair Henderson. Yeah. Has to be. I think Peter Herring and Uchi can find themselves a tad unfortunate with this, but Henderson has been fantastic for a guy who in each of his past three seasons has finished his top goal scorer at every club he's been at. I think 20 plus goals in each of those seasons yeah. as well. To come in and hit the ground running with Edinburgh City, he's already on seven goals. I think Scott Shepard will give him a very good run for his money in terms of whether he finishes his top goal scorer at Edinburgh City this season. But if he continues the sort of form he's in, then Edinburgh City are going to have a very good season. Yeah. I would expect them to be in the playoffs. For anyone that's maybe thinking, oh, come on, it should have been maybe a, a, a new tree, whatever. If you go back, I mean, Ember City, most of their highlights are up on, on, on online, on, on YouTube. If you watch practically all of Ember City's goals, somewhere Henderson is involved. Yeah. It's either a flick on that maybe leads to, to somebody getting a cross in. It might be him just battling in the box and it lands to Shepard. I think that was Albion Rovers' goal when Shepard got his account, you know, of you know, his season up and going, um, let alone his goals. Chucking a missed penalty in there, Callum, it could be eight and nine. That's but it. You know, he's had a, a fantastic start, um, a worthy winner in, in my eyes, and, and hopefully he can continue that form um, going forward. So, as we said, the Ember Football Podcast, August Player of the Month, Blair Henderson. Callum, that is, that's all. That's us for the week, yeah. Yeah, I was Andrew. I was Callum. And that was the Ember Football Podcast.